Welcome to First Focus, a podcast here at First Presbyterian Church of Columbia, where we highlight various events and ministries around the church. I'm Scott Hall, a member of First Presbyterian Church and one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, Josh Adair, pastoral intern of Biblical Counseling. Who do we have on the show this week, Josh? This week, I'm interviewing Dr. Mark Ross. Dr. Ross is a professor of systematic theology here at Erskine Theological Seminary in town, and before that, he was for 20 years associate pastor for teaching here at First Presbyterian Church. He's here today because he is going to be our main speaker for the upcoming parenting conference the night of October 5th, titled Becoming the Family of God. If you have any questions about the show or any other ministry at the church, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all of our contact info on our website, which is firstprescolumbia.org. That's firstprescolumbia.org or on our app. Let's get to the conversation. Welcome back to First Focus. This is Josh. I'm one of your hosts. And with us today, we have the privilege of welcoming Dr. Mark Ross to our podcast here on First Focus. Dr. Ross, why don't you say hello? Hello to everyone. I'm honored to be here. It's a joy to have you, too. And Dr. Ross is actually here to share about our upcoming parenting conference, our theme for that conference, and and the wisdom that God's Word offers us. And so, but before we get into that, Dr. Ross, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? I mean, you've been a figure around the church for quite a season. You've even been on staff here in the past. And could you share a little bit about who you are and, and what you do here in our church community? Sure. Came to Columbia in 1984. I was called as an associate pastor. During that time, under senior pastor Dr. Glenn Connect, mm-hmm. served with him throughout his time here. He left in 1997. I served alongside another pastor as interim co-pastors during the time before Dr. DeWitt came. It turned mm-hmm. out to be three years. And then Dr. DeWitt kept me on as an associate pastor, served with him until 2004. So for 20 years, I was an associate pastor in this church. And after that, the church had decided to start the campus of Erskine here in Columbia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and although when we first planned to have the campus, there were no plans for me to shift over full-time, but uh, something happened in the seminary, and that was that our dean and our theology professor uh, was activated by the National Guard and deployed to Iraq. And so suddenly the seminary was committed to more classes in the course of a year than normal, Sure, but they were down a theology professor. Oh, wow. And so I was asked to come on board first to fill his place for a year, and then with the idea that if the Columbia campus succeeded, I would become the first resident professor. So uh, at that time, I shifted to the seminary. So we've That's stayed lovely. in town, and we've been a part of the church now for 35 years. That's It's a blessing to think of how you've been a blessing to our congregation throughout the last 35 years. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, my wife, of course, was supportive of uh, of me doing whatever the Lord called me to do next, she just hated to see me go anyplace alone because she knew what she was called to do, and that would yeah. be a grandparent <laughs> <laughs> to the children that we had here in the city. Sure. <laughs> so sure. she very much welcomed the opportunity to stay near her own children and now her grandchildren. And so it's just been wonderful for us as a family because our, mm. our own pilgrimage took us away from our families. We were both from the north. Yeah. And so when we came south, uh, we were quite a distance away. Sure. My own children grew up without active grandparents in their life. Mm. And so we've counted it an enormous privilege to be Mm. near our children and grandchildren during the time that they're growing up. When we first came to Columbia, the people constantly said to us that Columbia would be a good place to raise a family. Mm. 
And it has proved to be that for us. Our church supplied the grandparents. Mm. That's lovely. Yeah, not uh, you know, not by some determined plan, but yeah. it, it it just became our family. Yeah. And and so there were people that would take interest in our children's birthdays. There were people that took interest in our children's games or uh, piano concerts, you know, recitals yeah. at the end of a year or things like that. People who weren't related to us by flesh, mm-hmm. you know, had been joined to us in spirit. Uh, and mm. so our children were raised with others who cared about them. That's a that's a huge blessing, and honestly, that's that's the, really the hope and the vision of the church that that we would be the family of God in that way. So, it, well, yeah. we really have. You know, every time a child is baptized, the congregation mm. participates in yeah. that, taking a vow that we will join with these parents in bringing up the the, the children of the church, and that gets played out very practically through Sunday school teachers and sure. youth group sponsors and things like that. But for us, you know, even beyond what you might say were the formal activities of the church, it's established youth group programs or it's things. There were just friendships and partners that we raised our kids together. And, you know, they they had friends, and though they weren't aunts and uncles or grandparents, they played that role in my kid's life. That's that's really a wonderful gift from the Lord to have that in in your story and in your heritage of your family as well. And you know, you've mentioned a couple times uh, the our family concept today because Dr. Ross is going to be our speaker for our parenting conference, and and the theme that our parenting conference committee has chosen and Dr. Ross has has informed them of is that we're going to study what it means to become the family of God. And so, Dr. Ross, as you think of some of the concerns that are our committee, the Parenting Conference Committee, has talked about. What are some of those concerns that they've talked to you about, and how are you using those to prepare for this this conference as well? Well, there are the things that you might call the big issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in a world where there are very many evils, and, and they press hard mm. upon us in this culture. And so parents have a concern to protect their children mm. from the world. But we live in a world where it's much, much harder to protect the children. Sure. You know, in, in my day, growing up as a child, and even through most of the time when my own children were growing up, for certain of the you know, kind of most obvious evils in the world, let's, let's take the pornography issue, there were barriers of space mm. between the evil and the family. You'd have to go to certain places to get access to those things. They were usually in parts of town that you could easily avoid because there weren't other things there that you needed. You weren't constantly confronted with it. But in this day and age, it's as close as your phone. Yeah. Mm. You know, things that we couldn't have dreamed of uh, are as close as your phone. And even mm. when you take all the efforts you can to make sure it doesn't come in through your own child's phone, you've got to be concerned about your child's playmates phone yeah wow you know so where they go to school doesn't protect them against those evils you don't you don't have the same level of concern among all the parents of the kids that your kids would be associated with so so yeah i think there's there's a greater threat Mm. now of course from a biblical point of view the the well-being of the family has always been god's plan for accomplishing his purposes sure in the world so it's always been critical for us to look at the family 
and to order the family according to God's word because it is the way by which God's purposes in the world are accomplished. But we have this existential need that has made it all the more important because the world, which is hostile to God's purposes in the world, now has much easier access to us. Mm. That's the truth of like there are great risks, but there's also it seems like there's this is an age of great opportunity for families, especially godly families who are struggling in the power of God's mm-hmm. spirit and to be a faithful family and a culture that that would attack the very vitality of of that that family. But I wonder too, as you think about this concept of the family of God, so I was wondering if you could speak to some of the scriptural witness to what a godly family looks like. What is our content going to look like? And without giving too much away, obviously, because we want people to come. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think a good place to start uh, would be uh, the sixth chapter of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Sure. And uh, there we have a a command given to children to obey their parents, and then an exhortation to the parents, but especially to the fathers, uh, to bring their children up. In, as the old translation would say, in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord, in the, the discipline or instruction of the Lord. Mm. It's interesting to look at that exhortation uh, in its context first within Ephesians as a whole and then within its context of the whole Bible. Within Ephesians, it follows immediately upon the instructions to husbands and wives. And that comes immediately after the exhortation that we should be filled with the Spirit of God. It's a call to walk in the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit in order to live out the purposes of God in the world. Mm. And what are those purposes of God? Well, Paul had unfolded those in Ephesians 1 through 3. In the beginning of that book, Paul reaches back to eternity past what God's purposes were in eternity, how he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. At the end of chapter 3, he's reaching into eternity to come. To him be glory in the church Mm. and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So (laughs) Paul has spread the whole map of God's eternal plan before us in chapters 1 to 3. Then beginning in chapter 4, he tells us to walk in a manner worthy of that calling. Mm. And then we get down to the nitty-gritty of life, how we talk to one another, how we treat each other, etc. And in this, with this great call to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we get very practical exhortations about how wives and husbands relate to one another, how children and parents relate to one another. Mm. And Paul goes right back to the fifth commandment, right in the middle of God's covenant with his people, is a commandment that pertains to the family. And it introduces that portion of God's covenant that deals with our relationship to one another, and it starts off with the family because the family is God's plan for equipping us for every relationship that Mm. we have in the world. As children learn to obey their parents, they learn to obey anybody that is in authority over them. As parents learn to care for their children, they learn to care for anybody who is placed under their charge and authority in all of life. So the workplace, schools, education, everything in life is to be grounded Mm. in family principles, Mm. how fathers and mothers care for their children, how children obey their parents. Every structure in society is to be informed by that. So it was 
It was God's plan to grow the whole of society out of what we might call the nuclear family. Mm. Well, it's at the it's at the center point of everything yeah. that God is doing in the world. So uh, we want to go back to that and realize the importance of this work. But as we sense the importance of it and know the character of God to fulfill his purposes, then it will be an encouragement to us. Uh, it's, it's not merely that a great responsibility is laid upon us, mm. but we have the assurance that because this is so central to God's concern for the accomplishment of his purposes in the world, mm. he is going to be with us in doing this. So we may live in a world where the, uh, the heat has been raised or the challenge increased, and we may have less support in the broader culture for the accomplishment of God's purposes in our own families, but we don't have any less support from God. He's not backed off because the challenge got greater. Mm. So we need that assurance. Yes, we do. So as you talk about this idea of the, the family of God being central to his purposes, we live in some of the decay of the family society. And so as I've been listening to you say this, I'm like, yes, I need to hear this. And yet at the same time, I wonder, is this intended audience only for people like me who have children? Who's your intended audience in our church to come to this conference? Is it just for families with children? Is it people who are in what my friends and I call the meat grinder of like children under five? (laughs) Is it just for people like that? Is it for grandparents? Is it for single people? You know, because... Uh, there, there are many who want to be in this stage of life, and and it, we wonder how does how does this theme of becoming the family of God apply to them as well? Well, uh, I would hope that, frankly, anybody in the church at any stage in life uh, would feel welcome mm-hmm. to this. Amen. Um, obviously, we're aiming at the people who are in the meat grinder that we <laughs> talked about, uh, and whether it's children under five or whether it's children in their teenage years, uh, you're. Mm-hmm. Your parents of teenagers might uh, might challenge you as to who is really in the meat grinder <laughs> uh, here, because oftentimes the challenges uh, increase with age. I think that was perhaps one of the biggest surprises to me about becoming a parent. Mm. I I lived with this expectation that things were always going to get easier. You know, oh, when, yeah. when a child is born, that that child is totally dependent upon you. Can't pick up and move and go to another place, you know, can't clean himself or herself, can't feed herself. And uh, you have to do all these things. So you imagine that when this child is old enough to be able to move, Mm. uh, it'll be easier. Yeah. And then once that child begins to move, that child can get into all kinds of trouble. (laughs) 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 And and now you've got to be more vigilant. You you just can't put them down, you know, in a bassinet or a a crib or something like that, walk away and go about your business for a few minutes. Uh, You can't. (laughs) It it continues to follow you. And then when they're old enough to get out of the house and among, well, then you're... So it it surprised me that each stage got a bit more challenging. Yeah, thanks for that encouragement. (laughs) So for... uh, for parents that are facing that challenge, this conference sure. is for them. But as I started off earlier, um, we found so much help from mm. other people in the church who were beyond their parenting age. Mm. They became grandparents to my kids who had none. Mm. Um, and for single people, they become aunts and uncles. 
you know, as they take interest in my family, they take interest in my kids, uh, things like that. But, you know, these kids would be taken off to activities sometimes by people that are not related to me, but yeah. they're dear friends in the church. Uh, so for the church as a whole to be gripped by that vision, to understand what God's doing in the world and mm. how he intends to accomplish his purposes in the world, it's a relevant topic for everybody. I mean, we're focused uh, on parents, but we're not just looking at people who still have dependent children in the home. This is a call to the church concerning the well-being of Christian families for the accomplishment of God's purposes in the world. And then even beyond the church, uh, this is an opportunity for us to invite our friends and neighbors. Mm. Uh, they have an existential need, perhaps, because they're in the meat grinder uh, yeah. one way or another at this time. So it's an opportunity for evangelism mm. as well as for discipleship for those who are inside the church. Amen. Well, I, I look forward to it. That, just just a couple of date details. This is going to be on, on Saturday, October the 5th. Um, that child care will be provided for, for families as well by the church. Uh, you can register for that through our app or at our website. Um, you can click on the banner ad that's going to be in our app advertising Becoming the Family of God, um, or that will take you to through a link uh, on our website that, that you can register at firstpresscolumbia.org, and uh, you can find the information for the conference there as well. But Saturday, October the 5th, um, we'll have cost information in the app as well. And uh, Dr. Ross, is there anything else you would want to share with our audience to invite them to come out again? Well, certainly I'd invite them, but uh, more than anything, I would invite their prayers uh, to pray for me, for praise for the people who were come that night. Uh, uh, again, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, this is the very center of God's work in the world. Mm. So much of what he does in other spheres of life hinges upon mm. what is done in this sphere of life. So what we're going to do that night takes us to the heart of God's work in the world. And so the prayers of the church community for this night, whether people are able to come or not, if they will pray, uh, it can aid us in the accomplishment of God's purposes. You've been listening to First Focus. On behalf of Dr. Mark Ross, as well as all the staff here at First Presbyterian Church in Columbia, I'm Josh Adair. And I'm Scott Hall. Thank you for joining us. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all of our contact info on our website, which is firstprezcolumbia.org. That's firstprezcolumbia.org, or on our app. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, God bless.